Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we're making faith practical as you raise the next generation to follow Jesus. My name is Todd Lesher. Thanks for listening. I created this podcast to give parents some practical tools for the life and faith of their family. I'm grateful to have you listen in. If you find this helpful for you and your family, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a comment, and share it with someone else. Your words and shares allow us to share these words with others. Thank you. Today, we're talking about prayer, how to pray, and how to help your kids pray as well. What comes to your mind when you think about prayer? Maybe you think of church or folding your hands and bowing your head and closing your eyes. Well, one of the first thoughts that comes to my mind is the song Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Maybe there are a few of you out there who had that thought as well. All right, here's how the chorus goes. And no, (laughs) I'm not going to sing it. Whoa, we're halfway there. Whoa, oh, living on a prayer. Take my hand, we'll make it, I swear. Whoa, living on a prayer. It's a song about Tommy and Gina trying to catch a break and make it, living on a prayer. How many of you have that song playing in your head right now? Or maybe I've just completely lost you for the rest of the podcast because you've rolled down your windows in the car and you've turned up the song and you're singing it at the top of your lungs. So just enjoy it. You can listen to this podcast later. (laughs) But if you're still here, let's talk about that song for a second. Is the song even about prayer? Or is it really about hoping in a dream? If someone gets a chance to ask John what that song means, let me know. Thanks. There are other cultural examples of prayer in our movies, TV shows, and the books we read. Will Ferrell had an iconic prayer moment in the movie Talladega Nights, the ballad of Ricky Bobby, as he prayed at the dinner table. He prayed, dear eight pounds, six ounce, newborn baby Jesus, don't even know a word yet, just a little infant, so cuddly, but still omnipotent. (laughs) That line, gotta admit, it's pretty classic. But the songs are catchy, the movies are funny, but do they actually depict what prayer actually is and why it matters in our life and family? I think the answer is no, but as most of us know, Media can make a strong impression on our thoughts and actions, determining how we view faith practices like prayer. Without much reflection, prayer can easily lose its meaning as a song we sing, a joke we laugh at, or a last-ditch effort. Which can make us wonder, does prayer have any value or benefit to our lives? The research would show that it still has value in our lives, but it is slowly decreasing. According to Barna's research on key metrics of faith, of those who pray on a weekly basis, there has been a steady decline in the past 10 years, from 85% in 2010 to just under 70% in 2020. The decline could be for any number of reasons, value, distractions, discipline, understanding, or a worldwide pandemic. Developing a prayer life doesn't happen by accident. It takes intentionality and practice to grow, as we'll see in just a few moments. How would you evaluate your prayer practice over the past 10 years? Has it increased or decreased with time, and why? Whatever direction it's moved, does prayer actually matter? What if prayer means more than we realize? And what does a healthy view and practice of prayer look like in our lives and our families? So let's start with the basics. 
what is prayer? Here are a few quotes on prayer. C.S. Lewis, the author of the Chronicles of Narnia, said, prayer is request. Richard Foster, another author, said, prayer is a conversation with God. Corey ten Boom asked, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? And Mother Teresa said, prayer is not asking. Prayer is putting oneself in the hands of God. That's good. How would you define it? And if you were to ask your son or daughter, how would they define it? How would a teenager respond compared to a preschooler? Now, the Bible doesn't actually define prayer, but it's loaded with examples of prayer. There are 650 prayers in the Bible. The first mention of prayer in the Bible occurs in Genesis 4.26, which says, At that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. The book of Psalms is a collection of 150 prayers, and Jesus is recorded praying 25 times throughout his ministry. Prayer is a central practice of both the Hebrew scriptures of the Old Testament and the New Testaments in our Bibles. The Bible tends to assume that the reader already has a working understanding of prayer. It might not tell us what prayer is, but it does tell us how to do it. In the Gospel of Matthew, in chapter 6, verses 5-13, through 13, Jesus begins to teach on prayer, saying, And when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand in the synagogues and on street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your heavenly Father knows what you need before you ask him. So here's a quick summary of those verses. Don't pray like the hypocrites, who just like the attention. And don't pray like the pagans, who just want to keep score. Instead, pray with humility and confidence in a relationship with your heavenly Father. Then Jesus goes on to tell us how to pray. This then is how you should pray, he said. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This prayer is known as the Lord's Prayer. Some people think we should reiterate this prayer word for word. And I've found that helpful from time to time, But I think this prayer offers us a guide to submission and dependency on God. And maybe that's what prayer is all about anyways. The Lord's Prayer starts with our relationship with our Heavenly Father, our Father in Heaven, who has been revealed to us through the Scriptures and the life of Jesus. He's not an abstract deity, but a personal being who knows us individually and loves us unconditionally, the epitome of Father. Reading the Bible is our starting place for prayer, hearing from God and teaching us who we pray to and what we pray about. Then Jesus makes three prayers of submission. The first is, hallowed be your name, which means, God, make your name great. The second is, your kingdom come, which is a request for God's rule. And the third is, your will be done which is a request wanting God's way. In other words, 
God, make your name, your rule, and your way great on earth as it is in heaven. One way to apply this verse to our lives and families would be like this. Heavenly Father, make your name great in our family and let your kingdom come and your will be done in our home as it is in heaven. Next, Jesus makes three specific prayers for what we need. Personally, relationally, and decisionally. (laughs) I just made that word up and you'll see what I mean in just a minute. The first prayer is personal. Give us our daily bread. Provide what we need, physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever it may be, to make it through the day. It might be food, it might be finances, it might be friendship. God knows what we need and he wants us to ask him. The second prayer in this section is forgive our sins because relationships need forgiveness to survive. Sin breaks our relationships with God and it affects our relationship with others. We forgive others because God forgives us. Grudges and bitterness are heavy, heavy burdens to carry around. The third prayer is about the decisions we make. Lead us away from temptation because sin messes up everything. Temptation is not sin, but it's the decision we make that is sinful toward God and others. Temptation leads us away from God, and Jesus is teaching us to follow God away from temptation. Using context clues, we can come up with a pretty good definition of prayer. Prayer is an ongoing conversation with our Heavenly Father that expresses our trust in Him. This conversation can be said out loud, in your mind, or written in a journal. If you're unsure how to pray, you just kind of have to start or you'll never begin. There are no magic words, so don't be intimidated about getting the words right. It's not about the specific words we use, it's about the trust we have. We all know that life is an exhibition in trust. We trust the bank with our money. We trust certain people to watch our kids so we can go on a date. And we trust specific brands by what we choose to wear and drive. Prayer is an act of trust in God's character and his activity in our world and over our lives. This is why prayer matters. We're going to trust someone with our life, either ourselves, our spouse or partner, or another person of influence. Prayer is how we communicate our trust to God by submitting to and depending on Him. Prayer is not just talking to God. Prayer is talking with God. Sometimes it takes the form of concentrated times of focus, and other times it's spontaneous as you're driving in the car, falling asleep, or at a moment of crisis. However you define it, our definitions can determine our practice. I grew up treating prayer as desperate cries for help before math tests or after bad nights. Over time, it's developed into more of a relationship, an ongoing conversation with God, my Heavenly Father, who wants me to trust Him with every aspect of my life. An increasing awareness of God's presence and activity in my life and the world around me. Maybe that's how prayer grows, in phases and with practice. Prayer is an ongoing conversation with our Heavenly Father that expresses our trust in Him. Remember, our definitions can determine our practice. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, He made it possible for us to have a relationship with God, and through faith, we can approach Him in prayer with confidence. As Hebrews 4.16 says, 
Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This is the gospel foundation of prayer. By grace, prayer is about a relationship with God, not a religious practice we do out of obligation to God. As you make prayer a priority in your family, use this as your starting point. You, your kids, and your family can talk to God anytime, anywhere, about anything. Whether it's bath time or bedtime, dinner time or drive time, talk to your kids about prayer. Share this phrase, you can talk to God anytime, anywhere, about anything, and see what they think about it. As the conversation grows, you can tell your preschoolers that God wants us to talk to him. You can tell your elementary age kids that we can be friends with God because of what Jesus did for us. And you can tell your middle schooler that God cares about what's going on in our life and wants us to talk to him about it. And you can tell your high schooler that God wants to be a part of their future by talking with him in the present. Prayer is about our relationship with God. And just as communication is necessary for our relationship with friends and family, prayer is a vital part of growing our relationship with God. Not only that, but scientific research shows that prayer has positive effects on our mental health, which is important for all of us. We are shaped and transformed by God personally, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually as we pray. As we wrap this up, here are three tips to try with your family to grow your prayer practice together. Number one, talk about it. As I mentioned, to understand it, we've got to talk about it and explain what it is and how to do it. Number two, model it. Do your kids see and hear you pray? Do they see you initiate it at mealtimes, when making decisions in your life, or in recognition of the prayers God answered? And number three, encourage it. Part of raising our kids to follow Jesus includes teaching them to trust him, and prayer is a great place to start. Encourage them to pray anytime, anywhere, about anything. Friendships, decisions, worries, and the future. Here's a quick review. It can be hard to know how to pray if it's based on what the culture has to say. According to the research, prayer is slowly declining. It doesn't happen by accident. It takes intentionality to prioritize and grow. The Bible doesn't specifically define prayer, but Jesus tells us how to do it through submission and dependency. Prayer is an ongoing conversation with our Heavenly Father that expresses our trust in Him. And three tips to try with your family to grow your prayer practice. Talk about it, model it, and encourage it. Thank you for raising the next generation to follow Jesus. It's not about being perfect. It's about being intentional. And one of the best ways to do that is through prayer. Thanks for listening. Parent on parents, you got this.